This episode is brought to you by Revolver Studios, Portland's own homegrown recording studio and music production house, run by musicians for musicians. Revolverstudios.org. This is the Portland Film Podcast, and I'm your host, Molly Silverstein. Our guest today is Brian Wines, the co-founder of Marmoset, a full-service music agency specializing in pairing music with motion picture, video, and film. Marmoset was recently selected as an International Music and Sound Awards finalist, and in only six years has grown to work with clients like Apple, Twitter, and Adidas. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. Marmoset actually began in a conversation between you and a friend. That's, that's true. What happened? What was the story there? I had been uh, uh, working in, in music uh, for a while, managing some bands. Also uh, then worked for the Dandy Warhols, which is a band based here in town as their lit label manager and digital strategist. And um, was basically trying to kind of plot my next move. I knew I wanted to um, uh, kind of have my own thing, my own company. I didn't know if that meant just me or other people. But as I was uh, exploring and brainstorming that in the early stages, um, I knew there was a piece of what I wanted to do that I did not have expertise in, and that was uh, composing and, and producing original music for picture. And so uh, a friend uh, connected me with, with someone who had been doing that for a couple, two or three years and had had some early success, and his name was Brian Hall. Ultimately, when we started, we wanted to try to figure out how, how could we do something with or help support or help promote or help champion this wonderful um, ocean of musical talent that is in the Pacific Northwest, and at that time specifically Portland. And knowing that there is this uh, wonderful, beautiful music community in Portland, but not really a music industry in Portland, uh, especially when we look at it on the level of like in Los Angeles or uh, Nashville or New York or Chicago, and basically starting to, to poke around on how could we get to a place where there could be something that looks more like an industry here in Portland, something that could connect um, this wonderful uh, ocean of talent in Portland to these bigger um, markets and opportunities in, say, New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles or even um, internationally. And so the initial ideas were trying to you know, basically be a conduit um, of the Portland um, and Pacific Northwest music community out to all these other wonderful places. In the beginning, it was me at my dining room table in this tiny little uh, 900 some odd square foot cottage in St. John's here in Portland and my business partner in his backyard recording studio um, over near 52nd Powell in Southeast Portland, which are kind of two distant points. There's not a lot of distant points in Portland. Everything's pretty close, but St. John's to, to uh, deep Southeast is kind of a, a tough trek. Right. Um, but that's where we started. So in, in the early days, you know, uh, when there was two or three of us, you know, we were probably working 50, 60 hours a week and burning the candle at both ends and, and doing kind of what you do in an early startup phase. You know, fast forward six years, I believe we have 35 full-time employees now and a lot of other um, people that we partner with and work with um, on a contract basis or um, within the artist community. A lot of composers and artists are working out of their own home studios as their own businesses, if you will. So that, that growth has been, has been really crazy. Uh, we work with artists all over, all over the country, all over the world. Um, but that was the initial roots and kind of how we got to that, that initial ideation stage. So all the artists aren't local to Portland, they're from all over at this point? They're not, they're not. We certainly started um, with the artists that we knew and had relationships with, which tended to be um, here in Portland and, and throughout the Pacific Northwest. But since then, yeah, we've got, uh, we work with artists all over the world. So and how, what does that look like? How do you find your artists? Well, I think one thing we do is we, we're, we are good about communicating our values and putting them out there so people know what, what we believe in and what we stand for. 
Um, and so I think by doing that, automatically it's going to either attract certain people or repel certain people. I think we're attracting more, more like-minded uh, people who align with our values, whether it's on the client side or also on the musician side. And also just, just through word of mouth and community, um, our, we're constantly getting out of Portland. I oftentimes refer to Portland as an island, for better or worse. Sometimes it's awesome that we're over here on an island and kind of uh, disconnected from some of the other crazy things going on in the world. But um, it's also something that we, I want to get off the island and get the word out of all the goodness that's going on here. And so we constantly have our creatives going out all over the world, um, uh, meeting with clients, going to markets, going to festivals, going to events where we can meet with people and kind of spread the word um, of what we're doing and, and also learn and meet more, more people and basically build relationships in a very earnest way, which I think is a great way of figuring out who aligns with you and who doesn't. Authenticity is the sort of thing that you, know, you sort of come to the table with it or you don't and people are uncomfortable with it or they're not. Yeah, and, and, and the, the bottom line is uh, it's a really big world, and, and we don't want to work with everybody. It's not our aim. Um, I think that, that would be a crazy thing to say. We're not trying to be uh, um, everything for everyone, even musically. Like, um, we, we do not represent all kinds of music. We don't represent even most kinds of music. We represent a very specific niche, and if you uh, know us and you know the kind of music we, we represent, you'll know when to call us and when not to call us. And, and similarly, you'll also, you'll, if you know us very well, you'll also know um, our values and what's going to work for us. Um, you know, if you're a tobacco company, um, you know, or a uh, extreme, uh, you know, political uh, candidate or company, we're probably not going to be a good match for you. Um, I know that we, uh, uh, we got a call from the Rubio campaign and we said, you know, very, you know, uh, uh, confidently, I'm sorry, we're, we're not a good fit for you. Uh, we've had uh, calls from tobacco companies before wanting to work with us, and we said no. Uh, I think we, we worked on a project with uh, Bernie Sanders' campaign. We worked, we did a, actually quite a bit of music for the Hillary Clinton campaign. But in that, we handled it with care. We reached out to the artists we represent and said, hey, here's, here's these opportunities. We don't want to just put everybody out there for everything, so let us know if you want us to pitch your music for, say, the Clinton campaign or the Sanders campaign, and if you're, if you're into that, we'll pitch your music. But we don't want to assume that everybody's going to be comfortable you know, with those values or, or those things. And so we try to uh, kind of approach everything in that um, value-based kind of pragmatic approach of this is what we stand for, this is what we do, you know, do you want to be part of this? If so, great. If not, that's cool too. You know, we, we're not trying to do everything at once. So. You know, on your, your website, one of the things that really jumped out at me, or one of the phrases that really jumped out at me, defending creative energy always trumps the bottom line. Yeah, uh, we, we basically just make sure that uh, quality of life and, and defending um, you know, our, our creative ideals and our creative um, objectives um, and our creative integrity is, is much more important than you know, whatever the bottom line is, whether it's a price on a project or, or uh, how many hours somebody is working. And so we, we make sure that, uh, that we basically take care of our, take care of our people um, is one of our core values. And by taking care of our people, our people being defined as um, not only our staff, but also the artists that we work with and represent, and also the clients that we work with and, and try to help um, find, find solutions for. And so how that works out for us, it's being as communicative as we can. So always trying to be, uh, try to have a face-to-face -face conversation or try to get on the phone and make sure that we can hear the tone of somebody's voice when they're talking about music. Mm -hmm. um, and hear um, how they light up or maybe how they get frustrated when they're talking about a certain approach to music. And if you're, you know, just caught up in the rat race, firing emails back and forth all day or text messages, it's really hard to lose uh, or really easy to lose a lot of that special 
um, uh, part of, uh, of music that is very emotional and very uh, subjective. Um, and so we work really hard to, to get into the kind of human dynamics of what we're doing, um, which I think will, I know, help, helps make our creative out output, our creative results um, much higher, which is a, a really exciting part of what we do. Well, I mean, you can tell from your website that there's a real emphasis on the community. I mean, you describe the people, yeah, it's not staff or employees, it's family. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's very apparent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we have a dynamic within our people um, that I have not found too many other places where there's this really high degree of trust. Um, there's not a lot of micromanaging. Everybody's empowered to do their job and do their role in the best way that they can. Um, and we constantly ask, ask our, our people, you know, do you have all the, all the tools um, and all the resources and all the support that you need to do your job well? Um, we also make sure kind of on that creative integrity and taking care of our people um, at point, we make sure that everybody's aware that um, that, that this thing we do from nine to five is a is very demanding creatively, and the other side of that is a lot of our people. In fact, almost all of our people um, are creative um, on their own, whether they're at work or, or not at work. And so, when you're doing this this thing um, from nine to five, it can sometimes um, deteriorate or or um, or sap. Um, your creative energy or your your creative abilities when you're outside of it, and so we make sure that people are aware to um, to refill that creative cup. Um, that there's there's a, a a risk that it could it could get drained from time to time, and so. Um, we basically um, make it mandatory uh, for all of our staff people to uh, take a creative day once a quarter where they um, get outside of the, of the studio, get outside of work and do something, do anything that will help refill that creative cup. It could be uh, you know, going for a hike, it could be um, going in the recording studio and, and recording uh, some music, it could be a movie marathon on the couch or reading a book. It really doesn't matter what it is as long as you're intentional about refilling that creative cup. And then after you do that thing you're doing, uh, we we want you to come back and tell tell us about it, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. I'm interested in knowing, does a company come in with sort of an ad and say, we want music for this, or do they come in with a concept and then you guys help them with the, con you know, work sure. together? So we, so we see all of it. Uh, we see um, a concept in the very earliest stages when it's just an idea. Um, when we get a phone call from a client that says, we have this idea. Um, uh, for instance, we recently worked with the, uh, with the Portland Timbers, the, um, uh, uh, professional soccer team here in town who I'm a big fan of and uh, of uh, I bleed, bleed, <laughs> gre bleed green and gold. They had a, a great win the other day, um, mm -hmm. but, I, but I, I digress. Uh, <laughs> they had a, an idea for a video game um, that they wanted to uh, uh, um, uh, pr provide for their fans and for their followers. Um, and when they came to us, the idea was we have this idea for a video game and uh, it hadn't been made, it hadn't been, uh, um, this, none of the details had been decided, but the overall vision had kind of, was, was known of what they wanted to do. And they were gonna work with another creative partner here in town to basically build out the video game. They knew they wanted music and they knew they wanted to work with us since we work with them um, uh, almost exclusively on, on their music projects. And so that was an example of knowing from the very beginning that we were gonna be involved with the idea was so that we could get an early start on that uh, creative process with them. However, there are also other projects with other clients where they will come to us um, with um, a, let, let's say, 99% baked um, project where it's been shot, it's been edited, um, uh, you've got the final, the final product and we're actually taking picture and, and putting music against picture, which is rife with challenges. Uh, the deadlines that we, the timelines we typically are given are sometimes as short as 24 hours to basically uh, come up with that, that perfect song for that perfect scene, wow. for that perfect uh, uh, brand spot, um, which, is, which is really challenging. Um, 
Sometimes uh, we're asked to, to basically write, record, and arrange original music, so an original score for a piece in 48 hours or less, um, which, is, which is pretty crazy. So um, the bounds in the, um, uh, of how it works are all over the place. Mm -hmm. I'd say the most typical thing we see is uh, we might have a week, maybe two or three or four days, um, and, and we're, we're basically presented a creative brief from a client, so an outline of what they're trying to, to accomplish musically. There may be some references involved. Um, ideally, we're, on the, we're able to get on the phone with them on a conference call and talk to them about it and really ask some, some pretty important exploratory questions that can give us a really um, uh, uh, finely articulated idea of what we're aiming for. And then maybe a follow-up call can happen as well. After we kind of do, do some initial research and exploration, we can go back to them and ask some clarifying questions. Um, that's kind of in a perfect idealistic world, but I'd say more often than not, we get a creative brief. We have two or three to maybe as many as four or five days to, to come up with some solutions. Then we'll deliver some options to a client. Um, after they review those, um, sometimes they've got the perfect track right there and they, and they run with that. Sometimes they may come back to us and refine it and say, hey, there's a couple tracks in here, that, a couple songs that um, really hit, hit around the target, but nothing's hitting the target. So we might go back a second or third time to really try to find that perfect song. Is there like a moment when you know that you found the perfect song for the image? You're like, yes, this is right, you know? Is yes, yes. So I mean, I, th I think there's, there's a lot of those moments. There's, there's many moments where we know we have the perfect song. Um, but again, you know, the, the, the client has their own vision and music is subjective and music is spiritual um, and music is emotional. And so um, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not super common that you instantly know you have the perfect song and the people on the other end know they have the perfect song. Or what happens, I'd say, oftentimes is we might know we have the perfect song and our, counterparts, uh, our counterpart at the client side, whether it's a creative agency or a production company or something like that, may agree that that's the perfect, the perfect song. But then when it moves through two or three more decision makers, maybe at the, the end client, the brand, whether it's you know, like a, a car company or a, um, a clothing company or, or, or a shoe wear company like, like Nike, for instance, when it moves through the process, it's hard to get everybody in alignment to agree that's the perfect song because, again, music is so, is so unique in the way that people approach it and interpret it. So um, usually for us, we try to find a, a, a variety of, of quote-unquote perfect options so that uh, there's a lot of ability and flexibility for different people with different visions and interpretations can, can kind of have different options to grab onto throughout the creative process. You've also made this process super easy on your website. Um, oh, yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I mean, the search capabilities are exceptional. Filters for mood and energy and arc. Um, I've found that it really matches uh, the keywords associated. The music really matches the keywords associated with them. Cool, thanks. Um, yeah, we like it too, and we're constantly working on it. We've got a lot of uh, new um, approaches, tools, and features that, we're, that are in development right now that we're constantly working to roll out. So we're looking to continually be improving that, that kind of search platform that we have. Initially, in the early days of Marmoset, uh, the first couple of years, we were doing all that work uh, behind the scenes. There was nothing kind of public facing for people to be able to look through on, on their own. And what we heard from clients is um, sometimes they just want to dive in and look for music on their own. And so we wanted to basically get in the heads and the minds of filmmakers and visual creatives to, to kind of think of how they would approach looking for music. So you mentioned uh, knowing what the arc is of the piece or of the film, um, or knowing what the emotion is of a certain character or a certain uh, uh, project. Um, so we, we talk to a lot of filmmakers and, and, uh, and directors and producers and talk to them about how they go through the process of finding music for a project and tried to kind of reverse engineer this from their standpoint to see um, uh, what tools would be mo most helpful. 
There's a lot of insider terms from a music standpoint, like beats per minute. There's a lot of uh, people that will talk in beats per minute, but I know there's a lot of filmmakers and visual creatives that don't necessarily think of beats per minute. They might think in terms of uh, high energy um, or low energy or pacing um, are more common terms that a filmmaker would use. And so we tried to kind of peel away some of those more typical uh, music kind of jargon um, uh, and words and approach it from more of a visual creative way. Um, and that, that whole platform of being able to put music in a public place where people can, can basically dive through it, filter through it, and find um, you know, that, that perfect song for their project was us um, basically uh, trying to meet the needs of a lot of smaller, more independent uh, DIY filmmakers and visual creatives um, that just want to put their hands on it and do it, you know, whether it's at 2 in the morning or whether it's at 8 in the morning. Um, but they can just have those tools available at any time to go through and find music. And um, for us, um, there's not a lot of companies like us that put something like that online. Um, there's a lot of uh, kind of kind of crappy stock music um, companies out there. Uh, there's all these different places that just have zillions and zillions of tracks and these weird filters that are really um, hard and arduous to navigate. Um, and they and they have kind of a bad rap as kind of being a supermarket for music and and sometimes bad music uh, as is often the case. And so typically when you have a well curated catalog and roster of uh, of kind of higher brow um, musicians and 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 music, um, it's unusual to find that on an online platform you can surf through. And that was kind of a risk that we took was knowing that by taking this approach, you know, it might be kind of frowned upon or looked down upon as, as this uh, more supermarket approach to music. Um, but we decided to take that risk because we knew that at the end of the day, there's a lot of filmmakers and creatives that just want the tools to put their hands on, their ears on it, and do it themselves. And so in that, we're basically trying to empower um, uh, creatives, whether they're uh, kind of a, a one-person a one person shop who's, who's working on projects for small businesses or nonprofits or an independent film or whether it's a, uh, a global uh, company like a Facebook or a um, Google or a, or, a, um, or an Apple and I know that they all use people at those organizations all use our um, our platform and our team as well um, that all the tools are there for anyone to use so if as a creative or a filmmaker if you want to you know uh, send us a brief or call us up and work on a project directly with a real live person. We love that the most. Uh, being able to have our creatives work uh, individually uh, with another creative or their team is the ideal situation, but not everybody works that way. If you want to just uh, you know, work, look for music on your own and kind of dig through our catalog, we want to make sure that that was available too. So I would love to talk a little bit about sort of matching image to sound and how that works. And sure. Yeah. Well, it's a... Um, it's a fine craft, uh, learning how to do that. It takes a lot of time to understand all of the um, nuances and, and dynamics and um, uh, subjective um, aspects of, of music and picture. Um, for us, um, a lot of it is, is, dependent, is dependent upon um, understanding our clients and their needs and understanding their vision and what they're looking for. And so again, going back to uh, something I mentioned earlier about when, when a creative brief is, is sent to us and, and we're, we're asked to, to be part of a project, being able to um, you know, sit down with them, which is hard since most of our clients aren't in Portland, Oregon, but being able to get on the phone or maybe even on a, on a video call with them, being able to really understand what they want, what they need, is, is, is super, super critical. Um, I think you know, going beyond that, um, being able to put, pair music with picture um, is, is a really high art. Um, that um, it takes a, a lot of time to be able to master. Um, 
and it depends on, on your approach. Different people have different approaches. There's so many different different aspects and, and, and niches within uh, music and picture, whether you're doing a, a indie films or feature films or whether you're doing television shows. Or in our case, we're doing a ton of branding work and advertising commercial work. Um, and so understanding you know, what, and in each one of those, um, it's a very di different approach, music and picture. So um, in branding and advertising, um, you're not, you tend not to have as many songs that feature uh, vocals and lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, there are special instances, um, which can be quite amazing where there are vocals and lyrics, but oftentimes there's a voiceover that is explaining a product or a service or telling a story. And so we have to be very cognizant of, of how that voiceover is gonna work with picture. Whereas in TV and film, uh, it's more typical to have uh, uh, songs with with, with strong, strong lyrics, uh, strong emotions, strong themes that are going to come out and actually help tell the story, um, or help relate a character to another character or to a scene. Um, in the in the branding medium that we tend to work in the most, um, you don't have as much time to do that. And in fact, um, there's there tends to be a lot more um, of a of a direct approach to it. And so. Um, we're constantly trying to do things that are um, that are outside the box, uh, which I think in in all of those different mediums, um, one of the most important things I think you can do as a music supervisor um, or as a music producer is uh, to do something unexpected. Try to do something that hasn't been done before. Um, if you are uh, if you are a consumer of media in any sense, whether it's TV, film, or, or commercials. Um, it's you. You've, you feel you feel like you've seen it all. I know I feel like I've seen it all. And one of the things that frustrates me is when I keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And moreover, when the, that thing I'm seeing over and over and over again is very safe, um, or very predictable, or very expected, um, I think it uh, it, it really um, uh, takes away from the from the whole piece or from the whole film or or, or uh, our brand spot or whatever it may be. And so we're constantly trying to do something that's unexpected, something you haven't heard of before, something you haven't seen before, a new approach, and really trying to push those bounds. The challenge is, is um, when we're working with our clients and, and different clients, um, is trying to take that perspective, but also meet their needs. What is your sound if someone's trying to think of the kind of music that they want sure. in their film or sure. ad? Or well, my, my best, most honest response is, um, I have a hard time putting words to it, mm -hmm. but um, I know it when I hear it. And as I think as a listener, you'll know it when you hear it. So if, if you spend any time, um, uh, uh, say, on our website, looking at some of the projects that we've done music for, uh, uh, di digging through our catalog and, and listening to some of the curated playlists and some of the, the music that we represent, some of the artists that we work with, um, if you spend a little bit of time doing that, you'll know what that sound is. Um, when I try to put words to it, it doesn't come out right. But um, you know, words like uh, um, a lot of uh, um, wonderfully obscure indie artists uh, from the realms of uh, electro pop to um, folk rock to um, uh, quirky orchestral um, to surf rock, more um, uh, indie pop. Like I use a lot of these words and these words get thrown around so much it's really hard to really um, uh, know what I mean when I say it. But if you listen to the music and spend a little, a little bit of time, if you spent, uh, I don't know, Four to five minutes on our on our website, or, or looking at some of our recent work, we have a reel that represents some of the some of the featured uh, projects we've worked on. If you listen to some of those, you will you will very instantly when you're done, you'll go, okay, I know what they do. I was trying to get as more of a genre or a spirit, you know, but it's more. It sounds to me like it's more of a like a spirit that goes into many genres. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I can put put words to it as far as spirit. You know, it's a very uh, uh, earnest, human, um, authentic. Um, uh, you know, textural sort of um, approach to music, where where you know these are these are real artists and real bands, 
um, putting out music that they uh, um, that is very much connected to their heart and to their soul. Um, if you go, I know that there are music uh, agencies out there. Um, when you listen to their music, you know it just sounds like 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 you know some some guy or gal were sitting in a room with a computer and a, and a few instruments, and they were just like making a bunch of music to build a catalog. And um, uh, that's uh, kind of like this this stock production music kind of approach. Um, and I think that's what the majority of music out that, um, uh, is that's out there for creatives to go and look for and use in their projects. So we're trying to be something very different from that. So Something that definitely has some heart to it, something that has maybe a little freight around the edges, something that feels earnest and authentic in the approach. There are many films that have powerful scores, but I feel like there's some movies that have a really special connection between the score and the image, and you, you really feel like they read, like it resonates perfectly with the narrative. Um, for me, I would think of, you know, Psycho or There Will Be Blood, or what is, in your opinion, what are some movies that really do this well? I was just watching a, um, is it? I forget if it's a Netflix series or an HBO series, but uh, Peaky Blinders. Oh yes. Um, recently, and I uh, was really enjoying the music as I was watching it. It was, um, it was actually it was, it was good and bad for me. It was distracting me a little bit from what was going on uh, on picture. Um, it was distracting me in a good way. Um, so that so that was that was a positive, but it was also distracting me a little bit from the story, so I was, my, my whole mind kind of got lost in that this internal discussion. Um, but of course, I waited for the credits at the end and looked it up and um, was really excited to see that uh, one of the featured artists uh, um, who did the who did a lot of the music in it um, is, a, is a fellow named Dan Mills. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he actually uh, is an artist on our roster, and so I got I got <laughs> really excited. It was, like a, it was like 11.30 at night, and I decided to just light everybody up, you know, on, on email, like, oh my God, they didn't know Dan Mills did the music for this. Uh, for this project, so I was really excited about that. What is your advice for someone that wants to be in a creative industry like film or yeah. music? I'd like to see more creatives focused around purpose rather than passion. Um, I think passion is is fine in some respect and kind of has its place, but uh, unbridled uh, passion can kind of run wild sometimes. And I think I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing about everybody's passion and inspiration and all this stuff. I think I think that that's fine to some degree, but really, really, what's helpful is to figure out what your purpose is. Um, figure out what your objective is and what you're trying to accomplish and put a plan to that. And I think if you can have a plan and a process and a purpose, then um, that gives your, your, your passion and your inspiration a place to go to where it can be a lot more productive than just being passionate about something. So passion's great, passion's fine, but, but figure out what, what your purpose is and pursue that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Our guest today is Ryan Wines, co-founder of Marmoset. For more information about how to license music for your own video or film project, visit marmosetmusic.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, you can subscribe on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or visit us at theportlandfilmpodcast.com. The Portland Film Podcast is a Portland Film Festival production, produced and edited by Misty Eddy. Our associate producer is Sean Conley, sound engineer Paul Dillon, and I'm Molly Silverstein. See you next time.